God is great, He's wonderful, He's amazing, and He's here to touch your life this morning and to speak to you and to move in our hearts. We believe in the centrality of the Word of God here. We believe that the Word of God is living, it's alive. We believe it's not just about information that we listen to and we build into our memory banks of things that might be helpful at some point in our life. But we believe the Word of God is living, it's alive, it moves in our hearts. But we believe that there's something the Word of God calls us to, and that is to obedience, to respond. The Bible talks about those who are hearers but not doers. You know, it misses the whole point. The Word of God has power when it comes into alignment with our agreement. When, when we just understand it as a truth, but don't apply it as a truth, it has no power in our life. It's only when we say we agree with that and we're going to allow that to become the reality in which we live, that's when the Word of God suddenly brings transformation and power within our life. And some people, they wait for someone else to have the revelation over them, to speak over their life, and to bring about change. And God is looking for all of us to give a big yes in our hearts because He wants all of us to know the power of God that's present. And over the past four weeks, we've been looking at a series called Healed and Healing. And we've been looking at a whole range of things in our life. And there have been lots of conversations I've had with many of you of some of the powerful and precious and challenging things the Lord's been saying. Well, this morning, we're going to continue that series, but we're not going to do it in a way where you sit and listen for 40 minutes to some teaching. We're going to continue the series by saying yes and responding and by allowing information to become revelation, to become the dominant truth and reality in our lives. So if you've been to Firestarters, I want you to um, see that this morning's gathering is going to probably be a little bit more like a Firestarter than a normal Sunday. And over these next sort of however long we've got left in the service, there are going to be a number of opportunities for you and I to respond and to allow the truth of God's Word to become the revelation of our own hearts. Is that okay? I'm so glad Nita and Isan are here on the front row. <laughs> Otherwise, to look out to a sea of faces of which there is no sound or agreement. Thank you. The world needs more Nitas and Isans. Teach them. Stand up a second. Teach them how to agree with something. All of those online who didn't hear because you didn't have a microphone, she was just saying, this is just for you online, that you need to learn to type in amen and say amen. 
So how many of you this morning want to move from information to obedient revelation? Yeah? And the Word of God is powerful and is able. You are on it. All over it. Great. Superb. Before we look at the first of what's going to be three responses this morning, that song we just sang talked about dry bones coming alive. That's not just a song that's taken from a scripture, that's taken from a prophetic picture that Ezekiel had, where he saw a valley of dry bones, and he spoke the word of the Lord over the dry bones, and what happened? They didn't become moist bones. They didn't just become joined bones. They became an army. A living, breathing, victory-bringing army. And no matter how dry your life feels, no matter how messed up the bits of your life look, I want you to know this morning, I believe that same spirit which spoke to Ezekiel and spoke to that valley of dry bones. I, I believe that same spirit is here this morning to bring life where there's death, to bring hope where there's disconnection, to bring purpose where there has been hopelessness. I believe that same spirit is here this morning. And if you believe that God can do all things, and again, this is about a response. If you believe that God could bring resurrection life to any situation this morning, whether you're watching online or in the room. I'm not just going to ask you to give Anita and Anissa an amen. I'm going to ask us to stand in a moment, if you choose to do this, and to make a shout and a sound and a cheer of victory like you can see the army rising up. Like you can see the victory. Like you can see it and perceive it and understand it. Like you know that God can do it. And it's not just making a sound, it's us synchronizing our faith and our expectation that says we're not going to live with this conviction that there's disconnection and there's brokenness, but we're going to rise and we're going to live in the realities that with God all things are possible. Alright, so if that's you, why don't you just rise and just let your sound of victory just spring up now. Let it spring up. Sound of victory in the army of the Lord. The sound of victory in the house of the Lord. Let the armies arise. Let victory arise. Let the sound of joy and victory. Let it arise. Let it arise. Let it arise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We exalt you, Jesus! We exalt you, Jesus! We exalt you, Jesus! Hallelujah! 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 Now, Father, our hearts open, not out of interest, but out of faith-filled expectation. But with man, there are many things that are impossible. 
but with God all things are possible. And we speak life where there's death. We speak resurrection where there's death. We speak joy where there's heaviness. We speak healing where there's pain. We speak freedom where there's bondage. We thank you that with man there are many things impossible, but with God all things are possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please take your seats again. Hallelujah. You're going to be up and down like a good Anglican today. Okay, as we've looked at healed and healing, and it's great to have the youth in the service today as well, and we're going to be getting our hands on praying for you guys in a little bit. We're really looking forward to that, so please um, know that you're not just sitting in, you're an important part of this service today. But the Bible teaches that when we come to Jesus, we don't just get a little bit of improvement on our lives. We're not given a slightly better conscience and we're not given some extra resources to try and be morally better people. The Bible says that when you come to Christ, the old you has gone and there's a brand new version of you now. And it's a resurrected version. It's real. Now it would be so much easier if the old you evaporated and the new you looked different, had a different name. If the new you forgot all the memories of the old you, if the new you suddenly had a perfectly syncopated understanding of God's ways rather than the memories of all of those world ways that you've become accustomed to living according to for the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years. It would be so much easier if this old you just went. But it does. But you still look like you. You still have the same name. You still have memories. And you still live with habits that you've formed over many years. But let's not forget the reality is that this is a brand new you. Brand new. And it's not just a, a fresh version. It's not a clean start. It's not like there's mess all over the blackboard and somebody's wiped it clean. It's not. It's an improved. It's, a, an, it's an alive, resurrected version. But we still have the memories. And we've been looking at, over these past four weeks, how the reality of this new self calls us to deal with the realities of the old self. There are ways of living. There are things we need to die to. And Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, he said these words in Galatians 2.20. He said, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's now Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body. It's the same earthly tent that the old self has. But inside, Jesus is living his life in me. And I live this life in the earthly body by trusting 
in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If this new you just comes out of the drawer every Sunday, if, if you jump back on the cross on Sundays and say, Jesus, be glorified. Lord, be glorified. And then straight out of the church, jump back off the cross again. And you're back into the old life. It doesn't matter how committed you are to local church. It doesn't matter how many Bible reading plans you do. If it's the old you that's living, you miss out on all of the wonderful things that God wants to do in the new you. It's the new you. And I will understand that most of the people in this room will remember a moment in their life when they said yes to Jesus for the first time. They said, I, I want you to now live your life in me. I remember the moment I did that in my life when I was a child, and it was a powerful moment, still remember it to this day. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8 says this, I once thought that the things that I had in the old self over here, I once thought they were valuable. I once thought they were worth something. You know, we've been using this picture of clearing out our bags and our garages, and I've had lots of you telling me stories about the things you've been clearing out or not clearing out. I've had people come to me to justify why they've not emptied the stuff out of their garage at this point. Please, I'm not, I'm not concerned about your garage. I'm concerned about your life. But... Uh, Nia is just taking us to a whole new level this week. Like, not just a garage, but um, we, I, I walked in the other day and there were like piles of stuff all in the living room. She's been through a box that's sort of hidden in a corner of a room. It's a big box full of DVDs. And Nina just said, they're all going. I said, give me one good reason. She said, we've not had a DVD play for three years. <laughs> okay, it's a good reason. Pretty good reason. The living room was messy. We've had these piles of DVDs for half the week just filling up our living room, and it looks a bit messy. Sometimes getting rid of past stuff is a bit messy. But I, I'm looking at these DVDs, I'm picking up and thinking, I remember buying that. I paid £12 for that. <laughs> Quick Google how much it's worth to sell now secondhand. 10 pence. <laughs> There must be, oh no, there must be like thousands of pounds worth that's been spent on this stuff. And it's junk. Paul had this moment where he looked at his qualifications, he looked at his competencies and giftings and abilities, he looked at those things that he once thought were really valuable and from the eyes of the new self. He said, they're garbage. He said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because, can we have that scripture back up? Because of what Christ has done. And yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, 
I have discarded everything, everything else. And I counted as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Those bags, three black bags of DVDs have gone. Worthless. But new life has come. You might remember the day you gave your life to Christ. And you might be here, you might be watching online, you've never given your life to Christ. And normally at the end of our services, we give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. But I'm going to do something different this morning. Because church... At the moment that you normally pray that those people who need to hear this will respond, I want you this morning to know this is for you. This is a moment of all of us rededicating our life to the Lord and saying, I want to be born again, again. I want to know that this new life is my life. And of course, we don't theologically get born again. Again, we were new creations. But it's the declaration, the rededication, the reconsecration to say, my life is Christ. Would you bow your heads? If you've never given your life to Jesus, then you can join us in this prayer as well. But I'm really talking to people who have arrived at this place a while Are you ready to give your life back to Jesus today? To say, it's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Would you, if you believe this, would you say your own prayer along the lines of, God, I recommit my life to you. I want you to live your life in me. I declare I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. Living as the new me. And I want to live in that new reality. Thank you for the smile of your favor upon these prayers of God. services when we invite people to let us know that they prayed this prayer usually for the first time I'm going to ask in just a moment if you prayed that rededication prayer to the Lord not just to lift one hand and say yeah I've prayed that prayer but to lift both hands and say this is it I'm surrendered my life is not my own I've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. I'm following him with all of my heart. And this is not for those who backslid, this is for those who want to take this holy moment to reconsecrate their lives to the Lord. If that's you, why don't you lift your hands? Just extend them out to him. Extend them out to the Lord. Lord, your children, your sons, your daughters, Love us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. 
we consecrate our lives. And we know that the old is gone and the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Hallelujah. New creations. And we banish the photocopies that the enemy will have of our past. We banish the allowance of the past determining our future. And we declare right now that our decision to give our life to Christ is the only thing that determines the future of our lives. It's the single biggest moment in our lives. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, please. Foster your hearts for the next season. Guys, if any of you want to step in, I just know there's a microphone passing around. Just Hannah. Hannah's one of our elders. Um, I had a picture during worship, and it, I, I know when it's God because it just doesn't go away, and my heart starts to beat really quickly. So I, this won't be for everyone, but it will be for some people. Um, I can be a sucker for an underdog. And I just felt a little word of the Lord that sometimes we can look at our old selves with sympathy. And once we know they might not be right and they were wrong, because we start to feel sympathy, it's that doorway that they start to creep in. And as we've been doing the Bible in One Year Challenge, we see in the Old Testament how ruthless often it feels that um, the kings and the judges can be. Like they destroyed the entire city, all of the animals, everything. And I can think, ah, oh, but that sheep didn't do anything wrong. But if you left even something that might seem innocent, it, it sullies the whole thing. And I just wanted to share, just if you're starting to, or in the coming weeks probably, almost feel that bit of sympathy for that old self, cut it out, cut it down. You need to be ruthless for this step forward because that's the only way that we will make that line in the sand and move on. Beautiful. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. I've got, actually, I've got something that um, follows on for that. Um, and while we were, I don't know if it was something you said, but I had this picture of um, somebody that was dressed, but they were rummaging through the bins. And uh, they were rummaging for food, for like out of date food, and they were rummaging for objects. And um, there was like a real rebuke from the Lord that you don't need to go back to bins to get your food. You don't need to go back to bins to get your sustenance. Some of you are going back to rubbish bins like a homeless person. Um, that's no disrespect to anybody that's homeless. And you do have a home in the family of God. And this is God's family. And God doesn't want you... Um, uh, there was another picture I had this week. And it, it was we, we went to a wedding yesterday. It was a glorious day. And each one of us had an, uh, a name place where we were to sit at the wedding with a name. When you go to a wedding, there's a banquet and you have a name place. God has a name place for each one of you. It's prepared and it's a feast. There's a place for you and it's a feast that's been prepared for you. You do not have to be like little kids that sometimes like to go under the table and misbehave and start mucking around and eating the crumbs off the floor. A sweet has fallen on the floor. You're getting it off the floor. You don't need to do that. God doesn't want you rummaging around in rubbish and something that is not fitting for you. If you had cancer and you went for an operation, you wouldn't say, well, you know, cut most of it out, but leave a bit there so it can grow and spread. You would cut the whole lot out so it doesn't come back. 
And sin is like a cancer. Unforgiveness is like a cancer. And then there's another thing that went through my head. If you, and it's, if you were having food and we thank God for our meals and it's grace, but we have to be practical. If we're having a, a big fat Sunday or a big McDonald's, don't God, ask God to bless it because it's junk food. This isn't a moral on whether you're eating junk food or not. Be thankful for it, but be realistic with what you're asking God to bless. God can't bless things that aren't good for you. And oh, bless it into our bodies. Well, it's junk. So yeah, be thankful for it. Be careful what you're putting in your gob. Yeah. To put it crudely. <laughs> to get your attention be careful what you're putting in your mouth what is coming out of your mouth when the Holy Spirit lands it needs a clear answer your phone when the Holy Spirit lands it needs a clear runway the Holy Spirit cannot land on rubble it needs a clear runway else there'll be carnage it needs a clear runway the Holy Spirit cannot land on rubble It's good. That's why I pray confidently God blesses you because you are so good for me. Oh, it's not getting mushy about it. Just <laughs> okay, okay, let's get mushy. Okay. <laughs> feel like feel like we've just been declared husband and wife. <laughs> Tweet of the day, careful what you put in your gob. <laughs> Second thing we're going to do, along the front here, there's some very high-tech post-it notes and pens. Some of you young people won't know what these are. Don't try and do that with them. They don't work. They actually write with them. But I'm going to invite you in just a moment to write some stuff on these pads and pop them in one of these bins, these buckets here. And this is all about getting rid of the things from past seasons in our life. We've looked at quite a lot of things over the past month. We've looked at striving, our addicted to busyness. Not that God's against fruitfulness, but... Some of our busyness is in denial of God's rhythms of rest in our life. And some of the motivation behind that is that we're trying to hide pain rather than find healing. So there needs to be like a, a decision. I'm going to throw that away. I'm going to get rid of that addictedness in my life. Maybe there are things like being defensive or your low self-awareness or your sense of decisions about creating isolation in your life. And refusing to let people to get close to you anymore. Uh, maybe there's blame. People have hurt you and you just like, every time you see someone, it's just like you hate them. And it's just, you've got to have someone to pin blame on or maybe whatever happens in your life, there's always got to be someone at fault. It's either you or it's other people. That's not a healthy way of living, you know. There's a peace available for that. Maybe there's anger, fear, sense of being self-absorbed with your own world, addictions. Loads of people praying for addictions in the first service. Maybe there's dishonesty, some, something like a pattern developed in your life and there's just like a blurred line of ethical honesty. It's just like you 
sail close to the wind. You don't tell lies, but you tell what was the equivalent of maybe being told as a child there's a white lie, like as if it's not a lie any longer. But there's dishonesty. There's destructive patterns of behavior that people have. Maybe there are other things that you know you need to clear out of your life. And in these next few moments, and we're not going to manage the sort of the flow of people to the front. We've just got a spread of pads that are here um, and pens all over the place. And we just ask you to come and take one and uh, maybe pass the pad along to people behind you so they can all take one as well. And then write down, it doesn't matter what handwriting, we're not going to read these out. We're not going to we're going to play bingo with them afterwards and see who's got all of them on their scorecard. Um, we're just going to give them to the Lord. This bucket is a symbol of just bringing them to the feet of Jesus and saying, I'm not having this in my life. That's old self. It's a clear out time. Now, I know some of you already done this in the last few weeks. You've practically made changes. But this is a decision day now. And I'm asking you to do this publicly, not because we're going to know the issue, but because to get out from the comfort of your seat... To go through the hassle of picking up a pen and a pad and putting something in. It's symbolic that you mean business. You mean business. It's a memory you should take out of this room today. You say, when you get back home, no, I need to get rid of that. So, as the band sing a song, you can join them if you want to. Come and get a bit of paper right on there. And come and put them in the buckets. And get rid of stuff. Come on, clear out those DVDs. Get rid of stuff now in Jesus' name.
continue coming forward in the next few moments. But Father, we pray for all of these things that have been identified here. The things of the old self that we don't want to carry into the new self. The things that maybe we've held on to too long. And we ask, oh God, in your mercy, the power of your spirit, that you will set us free to walk in freedom. May this not be just a moment and a response in a moment. May this be the catalyst of change in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name. And then we're going to move on to our final section. This is about living the life of the new you. And this is about not, last week we looked at some of us have time machines that we keep traveling back to the old us. There might be nostalgia, there might be stories, there might be songs, there might be paraphernalia of our life that take us back to what was rather than living what is. And we looked at, we need to get rid of our time machines. We looked about breaking the patterns of generational habits and curses that can so easily form in our life. It's like there's a debt to the previous generation. Our great-grandparents died and left a debt and that debt got passed down to the parents and then they died and that debt got passed down to the grandchildren and there are the Bible talks about blessings that go through the generations and there are like curses that go through the generations as well and I believe that when we come to faith in Jesus that all of those chains can be broken because every debt has been settled everyone has been nailed to the cross and we bear it no more and we can know freedom and we can break the patterns of those generational curses. Also, I believe we can invite the Holy Spirit to transform our minds and to renew us. Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. You remember we looked at those family commandments last week, those things that have dominated our value systems that are probably more related to the pre transformation, the pre-resurrection of our lives and how we need to conflict those against God's word. Don't let the pans, the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I believe as followers of Jesus, we can be delivered from every single oppression of the enemy. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit we can overcome the enemy's strategies that come against us and we can know physical healing. Let's look at these present in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. It says this in verse 17. 
these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Who? Who are those who believe? Surely it's the pastors or the vicars. It's us. It's you. It's me. It's us. It's not the person next to you alone. It is them, but it's you as well. These miraculous signs, they accompany. When you go to a wedding, sometimes you are sent an invitation as you plus one. You are allowed for someone to accompany you. They are with you. They go with you. They sit with you. And it says, these miraculous signs will accompany. They're with you. For those who believe. What are the miraculous signs? It goes on to say, they, who are they? They will cast out demons in my name. I'm sure you've already done that a few times this morning. When was the last time you cast out a demon? Of course, it's just for the specialists, isn't it? Oh no, sorry, it's they. Who's they? You're getting it. They will cast out demons in my name. They will set people free from oppression of the enemy. They will, it goes on to say, they will speak new languages. I'm so grateful to God for a gift of the Holy Spirit called speaking in tongues. When I give my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came and resided in me. And He transformed me. He made me the new creation. And His work regenerates me. His work transforms me from glory to glory. But there was another experience I had, which we call the baptism in the Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit came in His fullness upon my life. And He filled me to overflowing. It's like a second experience. We get a baptism in water, but we get a baptism in the Spirit as well. And that baptism in the Spirit opens up all sorts of gifts of the Spirit. There's gifts of healing, gifts of the miraculous, gifts of words of knowledge where you can know things without being told, gifts of wisdom. But there's a gift of tongues. And that gift of tongues, I'm so glad for the gift of tongues in my life. And doesn't this sound weird? Like if I stood up here and spoke a little bit of Welsh to you today, Borida. Redwin Hoffy Coffee. <laughs> Which means I like coffee. Good. And you think, oh, he's speaking another language. If I stood here and go, Sharakusara Kira Bara Sutara Kasakataka. What's that language you're speaking? What do you say? I don't know. But it's a gift. And that gift is transformative for my daily walk with Jesus. Because Sometimes I run out of knowing what to pray. And so when I do that, I can... The Bible says some speak with the tongues of men and some speak with the tongues of angels. I don't know what it is. I think I've got about two or three gifts of tongues, different languages that I speak. And I know in today's world, that sounds weird. But listen, let the world ask what weird is. Let's not make it also explainable that anybody can make it up tongues is a gift of the spirit to his church 
And, and Jesus speaking here in Mark's gospel, he said, and they will speak in new languages. It then goes on to say, they will be able, now I don't want you to get et up about this because there are things here that you shouldn't do. It says they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Really, what I want you to understand from those scriptures is not about snakes and poison. It's that you have an enemy that wants to harm you. And look what it says in, res in response to an enemy who wants to harm you, whether it's snakes, poison, addiction, whatever it is. It says it won't hurt them. Who's them? Us. You got it. And it says, they will be able to place their hands. Uh, who did it say? They, 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 they. Who's they? It's us. They will be able to place their hands on the sick. And there is a possibility that maybe when there's a blue moon, that they may just be healed. Does it say that? You see, what happens if you pray for someone and they don't get healed? Well, listen, I know that 100% of people I don't pray for don't get healed. Maybe it's time to start putting this scripture into our hearts and start saying, I'm going to live out of that revelation, not out of my fear of what happens if it doesn't happen. This is, this is real Christianity, guys. This is not add-ons. This is it. They, they, they. They will see miraculous signs accompany them. Miraculous signs of casting out demons. Miraculous signs of speaking new languages. Miraculous signs of standing against any scheme of the enemy and not being harmed. Miraculous signs of laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed. They, us. So, in a moment, we're going to ask you to come forward. If you would like to be set free, if you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to know a gift of tongues, if you would like to be experiencing a fresh understanding of the victory of God in your life, if you would like to be physically healed, then we're going to invite you to come forward for prayer. Let's all stand together first. I don't know if some of you are thinking, oh, I, I can't wait to get back to normal church next week where I can sit and listen for a few minutes. Listen, listening doesn't change anything. Obedience changes everything. It's obedience, it's obedience, obedience. If there's a failure of church over the years, it's not about whether we meet in big meetings or small homes. God doesn't care. That's not the issue. The issue is, if you're, if you're meeting in a small home, that doesn't make you more religious or more righteous or more spiritual if you're not obeying the Lord. Likewise, if you're in the largest gathering of people in the world, all with the best worship leaders leading the songs of worship, and you're not obeying, God's not able to do what He wants to do. So it's about obedience. So if you believe Jesus can set you free, if you believe He can empower you, and if you believe he can heal you, then 
while the band sing this next song, come forward. I'm going to ask all the prophetic team, elders, life group leaders, those who maybe used to go on the streets and praying for the sick, would you come forward as well and let's pray for each other. They, us, now, today, freedom, freedom, freedom. And I'm going to invite all the young people to come forward as well. We would love to pray that you are the generation that sets up a brand new rising of the days. That you will be a generation who knows what it is to bring freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to be spirit-filled and empowered. We'd love you to come forward and we'd love to pray with you. Hallelujah. Come on team, come and begin to pray with you.